0: Good morning, everyone. I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3, founded by Dr. Rick Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430 with us on the telephone today is dr kelly evans to answer your medical questions dr evans specialty is internal medicine she works with the avera medical group brookings and volunteers as part of the prairie doc team of physicians good morning dr evans good morning laura thank you for being with us today our prairie doc topic this week is dermatology And so i just want to encourage anyone if you have a question related to skin or any other medical topic uh, give us a call at 605-692-1430 dr evans before we dive into dermatology i did want to Notify our local listeners here in the Brookings area about an up two more upcoming community vaccination events coming up on April 1st and April 15th. Um, if you are still needing a vaccine um, and you're in the appropriate groups, so I I pulled it up because I know it's kind of vague when we say uh, these these phases. So we're gonna be in phase one D and one E, and so that 1D category is for people ages 65 and older, um, or for high-risk patients, um, individuals who are maybe on dialysis or post-transplant, or have active cancer, um, high-risk pres- residents in congregate settings, things like that, um, or if you have underlying medical conditions. Um, and this also includes teachers and college staff, funeral service workers, those are all in that 1D category. And then I believe new um, this week, I believe in South Dakota now is that 1E category, which is fire service personnel and other They call it Other Critical Infrastructure Workers, which is a really big category. They include water and wastewater workers, energy, finance, food service, food and agriculture, legal, manufacturing, shelter and housing, transportation and logistics, and information technology and communications. So it's a big category. So if you have questions about those categories, um, I just pulled it up on the Department of Health website um, for South Dakota. So you can dive into those. But if you're in any of those categories, please do sign up for getting your vaccine April 1st or April 15th. And these will be in the two shot series. So you'll have to go for a follow up shot as well. Um, If you want to sign up, you can call 605-692-2811. Or you can register online at the Brookings Health Website, which is BrookingsHealth.org/pod. So, we're excited that we are getting all these vaccines into our community. This is wonderful, Dr. Evans. What's your response to getting all these vaccines into town and getting people vaccinated now?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm just really proud of um, Brookings and our community. For how um, we've really gotten vaccines out there and available in as easy and quick access as, as possible as this has gone through. We've had really, really great uptake in the sort of over 65 age group, which, you know, those were sort of the first cohorts of people to be offered the vaccine. Really high percentages of people in our county were very ready to get those vaccines and, and ended up getting um both or at least one of their injections so now we're kind of moving into these categories that include a lot of occupations um, in our in our community I mean if you include college staff so everybody who works at, at SCSU and then I think in that one E you, you mentioned food service and manufacturing that's a lot of a lot of our workforce so a lot of our under 65 population now is going to be able to have access to maybe signing up to get vaccine. So my hope is that uptake in adults under 65 is also high because I think the more people we can get vaccinated as soon as possible, the quicker we will see rates fall in our community and and the more um, ease we will have in sort of transitioning back to feeling like we can all, you know, be together together in, in in private and public and all of those
0: things. Absolutely. It's so nice to have this hope now, right? To have this it hope is. that it really is. we can maybe see <laughs> a end in sight and can yeah um get together with people and do a few more things. But uh yes, getting these vaccines is such an important step uh moving that that way. Well we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio. We're gonna be taking our first break shortly. Uh, If you have a question, any medical question for Dr. Evans, uh, give us a call. We're gonna be focusing some on dermatology today, but any medical question, give us a call at 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: If you have diabetes, these lifestyle changes can help lower your risk for heart disease. Follow a healthy diet, eat more fresh fruits and vegetables lean protein and whole grain aim for a healthy weight if you're overweight even losing a modest amount of weight can lower your triglycerides and blood sugar get physical activity try to get at least 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity physical activity such as brisk walking manage your abc's a your a1c test b keep your blood pressure below 140 over 90, and C, control your cholesterol levels. S stands for stop smoking or don't start. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Call your provider with questions or to set up an appointment, 697-9500.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth and Dr. Kelly Evans has joined us on the phone today. We are talking about dermatology this week uh, in the Prairie Doc world. If you have a skin related question or any other medical question, give us a call at 605 692 1430. Dr. Evans, let's start by talking about shingles. In your Prairie Doc yeah. essay this week, you talk about how people may experience a wide variety of signs and symptoms before actually recognizing they have shingles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it, the shingles, I, it's always, I, I would say, kind of a fun diagnosis to make in clinic because you can usually make it without doing any extra testing, um, just with exam and symptoms. But, um, you know, I've I've had a handful of patients, the story I put in, in the paper was one who presented to the clinic with pain in their right upper abdomen. I had a similar case of a patient who came in with ear pain, just severe ear pain, and I think that patient had been seen the day before and no diagnosis was made, you know, examination of the ear was totally normal. And then when they came in the next day, there was a little bit of a blister in the ear. so it's it's not uncommon. people are most people are familiar with shingles and the kind of rash that it might look like. But sometimes for that one or two days prior to the onset of the rash, people will have the nerve pain without any skin findings. And it can be a little confusing then, you know, because we we obviously are going to think of other things that are causing that pain, especially if the location is in an area where, there are plenty of other things to cause pain, like like the case of the patient with the right upper quadrant abdominal pain. Um, so so sometimes it, it takes a little bit of, you know, you might have to, you, we, you have a delay in diagnosis for a day or two. There are occasional cases in which people will have shingles without the rash. And it, that's hard to, you know, we can't ever prove that. Um, but sometimes it follows the course of having that nerve pain in the right sort of distribution and then sort of spontaneous resolution without another explanation. But that's a, that's a hard thing to prove, you know, the, the, the rash makes it a slam dunk.
0: Yeah. So it's common, you're saying it's common to maybe have pain or discomfort mm-hmm. for maybe a couple of days before you can really identify the shingles. Is that yeah. true? Yeah. Okay. So that's
1: pretty classic is that people will say, well, I started having a weird tingling or a pain in this area. A day or two ago, and then I just noticed this little spot of something on my skin um, or maybe they haven't noticed the skin findings at all yet, and it's just very early so that's kind of the classic way that shingles progresses
0: and what what is shingles
1: yeah, so shingles is caused by the same virus that causes chickenpox, um, so it, it really can only happen in people who had chickenpox as children. Um, but, um, you know, some people will have mild cases of chickenpox, and or maybe not have memory of that. But that, that virus classically will go dormant in a spinal nerve. It's kind of a weird process. It's very unique to this virus. There aren't other viruses that do this. But it'll go dormant in one spinal nerve. And, and that explains why when shingles does occur, it only occurs in that distribution of the spinal nerve. So that can be anywhere from up high in the neck and, and at the highest levels, it would cause a rash like that goes around to the forehead all the way down to the very bottom of the low back. There's spinal nerves and an and outbreak there would cause rash that goes down a distribution of the leg and anywhere in between. Um, but so it goes dormant there. And then for reasons that we sometimes don't understand, I mean, classically, it might happen if a patient gets immunosuppressed or stressed for other reasons, but in all honesty in my experience it's usually random mm. that people will have the outbreak of shingles and it will it basically the 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 one major thing is if it's on it, it, it by definition it kind of ha- has to be only on one side so even if someone has a rip roar in case of shingles where they just have outbreak of this big blistery rash all along that nerve distribution it like, I mean, you could kind of draw a line down the middle of, you know, if it's on their trunk, you could draw a line down the middle of their stomach and be sure that it's not going to cross over to the other side hmm. um, because it only, it will only go where that nerve goes and, and each nerve will only go around the right side or around the left side. So it's kind in of one, in one side and then one dermatome, which is a term that we use for the skin innervation of any given spinal nerve.
0: It's absolutely fascinating to me that a virus you might have as a child just, like, hangs out, goes dormant yeah. for 40 years or however many years. It is. And then causes a problem it's a funny again. It is. process. Right? Wow. Um, what, what ages do you normally see people experiencing shingles?
1: Yeah. So it's it's more common the older people get. Okay. But that being said, it does occur randomly in young people, too. I mean, I, I recently... Um, saw a case of shingles in someone around age 20. So it, it definitely can happen in younger people. It's just less common.
0: Okay. And you've mm-hmm. talked a little bit about the rash, but tell us more. What does the rash look like? What should we yeah. be watching for?
1: So if people remember what chickenpox looks like. It, it kind of looks like that. So the, early on, it'll be kind of a patch of redness covered in what we call vesicles, which are like small blisters. So there'll be little little blisters with clear colored fluid, Is what it looks like early on and then as the day goes by it progresses into you know usually those blisters will break and there will be kind of a yellow crusting often with shingles you know if people have bigger cases the first rash might happen closer to the spinal nerve and then you might have sort of new blisters develop day by day going further away from the spinal column um but that's that that's a little that's imperfect i would say everyone follows that course sometimes people will only have a patch of rash like on the front of their abdomen or something like that but yeah it's kind of the same course as chicken pox except just in a very localized distribution
0: okay and how long does someone usually end up experiencing this discomfort of shingles is yeah. it like a couple of days or does it hang around for a while mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's variable. I mean, the, the rash, the natural course of the, the skin findings of shingles will sort of go through their progression. I would say over typical would be it would resolve within two weeks, the skin findings, so that one to two weeks someone could expect to have those. The nerve pain's a little less predictable. And honestly, the nerve, the nerve pain is the, the sort of worst outcome of this. Because there are some people who will develop chronic nerve pain from shingles. And so they might have nerve pain that lasts for weeks or months. Or in, in worst case, some people have it that lasts forever. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a rare outcome. It's not everyone that gets that. But for some people, it's a pretty terrible outcome. You know, they end up being on med- medicines to control pain. And it can be kind of debilitating. So, you know, shingles itself, for most people, you know, that, that two weeks of rash, that's not a big deal. But when we talk about things like vaccination and trying to prevent shingles, it's really the long-term nerve pain that we care most about preventing because that's a a really undesirable outcome.
0: Okay. Well, we need to take our next break, but when we come back, let's talk more about those treatments for shingles to hopefully avoid that long-term nerve pain that you're mentioning that sounds terrible we thank you for listening to Doc radio on kbrk and on our podcast call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast, just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Have you heard of pre-diabetes? Pre-diabetes means that you have a higher than normal blood sugar level it's not high enough to be considered type 2 diabetes yet, but without li- lifestyle changes, adults and children with prediabetes are more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. If you have prediabetes, the long term damage of diabetes, especially to your heart, blood vessels, and kidneys, may already have started. There's good news, however progression from prediabetes to type 2 diabetes isn't inevitable. Eating healthy foods, making physical activity part of your daily routine, and staying at a healthy weight can help bring your blood sugar back to normal. Talk with your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings to learn more.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605-692-1430. Before the break we are discussing shingles and kind of the signs and symptoms of that and what to watch for and Dr. Evans, you were talking about um, kind of how a risk is to have this long-term uh, nerve pain. Can we talk about some of the treatment options to try when we do recognize that we have shingles and what we should do um, as soon as yeah. we do recognize that we have shingles?
1: Yeah so I think there's good reason you know for for like I said for most people shingles is sort of a self-limited. Problem and, and won't cause any long term issues. But if you have findings or wonder if it might be shingles, I think it's worth going in to see um, a physician or a healthcare provider about it for a couple reasons. One is that um, giving people antiviral medications when started in the first 48 hours of symptoms will decrease the duration of the, the episode of shingles itself but also more importantly decrease the risk of that post-herpetic neuralgia so these are these are pills they're like acyclovir and valacyclovir. Um, the chickenpox virus is uh under the classification of herpes viruses so these are medications that we also use for things like herpes cold sores and stuff like that and they're well tolerated and pretty low risk medications so it's it's probably worthwhile for most people to do that if they're able to recognize it quickly. We know that if 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 you wait and you know on, you're on day four or five of symptoms, that those treatments don't seem to make a difference. So if you if you notice it, it's it's a very reasonable um, thing to consider going in to see someone in urgent care or something like that. Um, and that's a that's a treatment we can offer. A lot of people also ask about, well, am I infectious and and the answer is that those little blisters, so the, the vesicular fluid in the rash does contain live virus. So it's it's rare that that's important, um, but if people live with a brand new baby who hasn't been vaccinated um, or, or might be around them or live with someone who's immunosuppressed, that might have risk of, of having a, an actual case of, you know, chicken pox, which, you know, Um, is not something you desire, then just sort of covering up the blisters. So if the blisters are on your trunk and it's covered by clothing, it's low risk to be around other people. Um, But that's just sort of the thing to
0: consider. That's really fascinating. So an adult who has shingles may Mm -hmm. be able to give, um, unlikely, but possible for an adult with shingles to give a child chickenpox.
1: Yeah. Ah. And it it is interesting too. So, so, like chicken pox in kids, when it's a systemic viral illness, is is spread through you know our secretions and coughing and the typical way that viruses are spread. But yeah, with the with the with shingles, it's not spread that way. But it can rarely be spread by transmission of those um, that vesicular fluid if if that were to touch or enter someone's body fluid. So.
0: Hmm. now, if um is not it's not likely or possible then for an adult to give another adult shingles, is that true? No,
1: okay. Nope, that's absolutely true. So if someone has already had chicken pox, um, then they should not be susceptible to being infected by shingles. And shingles itself is not something that you catch from someone else. Shingles, by definition, is something that is a reactivation of virus that was already in your spinal nerve.
0: okay. Now, we should hopefully be seeing a lot less shingles uh, in people now because we have some great vaccine options. Is that true? Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we've had a vaccine for shingles for some time. The old one was called Zostavax. Um, And so a lot of people have sort of already received the Zostavax. The Zostavax was a a live attenuated virus. So like people on immunosuppression were not supposed to get that vaccine and sort of the summary, it, in people in their like 50s and 60s it was a pretty effective vaccine, but as people got older, it really lost efficacy. So people, for example, in their 80s, it was a, the efficacy of that vaccine was unfortunately pretty low. The newer vaccine, which was approved just about two years ago now, I believe, um, is called ShingRIx. Um, it uses a different technology, so it's recombinant and, and doesn't contain a live virus, and so it's safe for pretty much everybody to receive. Um, and it's highly effective. So in in all those age groups, it's over 90% effective. So, you know, there's a lot of questions. Well, I had that other shingles vaccine five years ago. Do I really need to get the new one? And my advice to most people is yes. I mean, if you care about trying to prevent shingles, the new one is clearly better. Um, So I I would consider getting it. So that's for for people age over 50. And then the other part of this is that we've now been vaccinating babies and and small children for chicken pox itself for a number of years so a lot of people that are even entering adulthood were in the cohort of people that probably received chicken pox vaccine and so i mean like all vaccines it's not perfect so some of those people will still have had the chicken pox virus and have be at risk of shingles in the future but the rates of that are going to go down as those people get older too
0: hmm yeah That's great news. That's all great news to see that that's all um, improving. Well, we're going to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to KBRK and to our podcast. You can give us a call now at 605-692-1430 with any medical concerns you would like us to address. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical
2: Group. It's time to get your flu shot. The influenza virus is a seasonal illness that changes every year. That is why the CDC recommends a new flu shot each year for everyone over six months of age. Now is the time to get your 2020 vaccine. It is especially important to receive the vaccine this year while we are in the midst of the COVID pandemic. The flu vaccine, along with good hand washing, mask use, and social distance will help you from getting and spreading influenza and COVID. Vaccines are available at your provider's office as well as many area pharmacies. Please make it a priority to get your flu shot soon. This message is brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Kelly Evans is here to answer our medical questions. Uh, we've been talking this morning about shingles and um, the treatments for that and the vaccines available now for that. So, that's all great news to learn about that. We did have a question come in, Dr. Evans, and hopefully, I will mm-hmm. um, say this correctly. Uh, they're wondering if any treatments for long term post herpetic neuralgia patients, such as acupuncture. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can explain what that is is first for us. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, post-herpetic neuralgia, that's that chronic nerve pain that can be an outcome of shingles that we were talking about, which which is sort of the most undesirable outcome of all of this. Um, And so, that is like, it's like really any other nerve pain when it comes to treatments. And so some people, again, this is a, a pain that will last really in the same area that the person got shingles. And like other nerve pains, sometimes people will describe it as a burning pain. Some people might say it's kind of a tingling or pins and needles pain, but it can be fairly painful. And so what I tell people, it, it really depends on how bad the symptoms are, because certainly tr- all all treatments that we provide in the way of medications can have side effects. And so If, you know, some people will have difficulty sleeping or difficulty functioning in other ways because of this pain. And in those cases, it's almost always worthy of trying to do something to lessen that pain. If it's just sort of a nuisance and not otherwise debilitating or affecting the day-to-day life, it might not not always be be worthy of that. But so there's a spectrum of things that can be helpful for this. And and the, the spectrum of things is similar to things that we use for other nerve pains, things like diabetic neuropathy or other neuropathies. So there are, there are certainly a, a wide variety of medications which can reduce nerve pain, um, and there's kind of pros and cons to all of those things, and worthy of discussion with your healthcare provider. But there are definitely medicines that can help. Um, some people will try over-the-counter creams like capsaicin cream, which is kind of a, a, a cream that creates a, a heat effect, or lidocaine cream. Those those kind of things can can certainly be tried and are very safe. I think this, uh, this question mentioned acupuncture. I'm not aware of explicit evidence as far as acupuncture being effective for post neuralgia specifically. I think um, if, if, given, if, if tried at a, a place where safe methods are used and stuff, I don't think the risk is very high. So it's something that could certainly be tried and, and sort of variable outcomes with acupuncture just like for other pains. But there are definitely things that can be done if it's bad enough.
0: Okay. We had another question come in asking, um, it sounds like there was a child at age 7 or 8 years old, maybe, had shingles. Can you get shingles again as an adult?
1: Yeah. So the answer is yes. So And, in fact, probably if you've had shingles before, your risk might even be a little higher than someone who has not had shingles. So people in that circumstance, um, when eligible, should strongly consider getting the vaccine to decrease that risk of getting shingles again. But yeah, just because you've had shingles once doesn't mean you'll never get it
0: again. Interesting. Is it common for children to get shingles? No, that's uncommon, okay. um, but it, it does happen sporadically. Okay, so if you've had it as a child, maybe even more important to get that vaccine to help prevent it as an adult. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Very good. Well, thank you, Dr. Evans, for teaching us so many things this morning. I've learned a lot today about shingles, and I um, want to encourage everyone to lear- tune in to our tele- Prairie Doc television show on South Dakota Public Television to learn more about dermatology topics. So, you can tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. Tomorrow, March 25th, Prairie Doc host Kelly Evans will talk with dermatologist Dr. Mandy Greenway with Avera Medical Group Dermatology in Mitchell about a variety of skin issues. Watch the full episode this Thursday at 7 p.m. Central on South Dakota Public Broadcasting or on the Prairie Doc Facebook page. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and will listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Kelly Evans for joining us today. And as Dr. Holm would say, stay healthy out there, people.